This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Hello and welcome to Saber, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about mangosteens. Mm-hmm. Which was a listener request. And I learned through this episode that I have been wrong about what a mangosteen is my entire life. <laughs> my entire <laughs> life. I thought it was the, um, you know how the, there are those like avocados, but they're big avocados? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a big mango. Oh, yeah. I've seen those. Now I don't know what those are. <laughs> they're, I think they're just mangoes. I think they're those just are just mangoes. also mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a few different, like, I, I've, I'm not sure we haven't done mango yet, uh, but but it's, it's probably a species or subspecies difference. But yeah, they're just mangoes. <laughs> Blast! Made a fool of yet again. Um, but I think I have had. Now that I know what this is, I think I have had a mangosteen. Really? And it was freaking delicious. It oh, was so good. Man. Yeah. Like a like 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 raw like like ripe like fresh uh-huh. like. Oh gosh. Yeah. When I was in um, Puerto Rico, uh, one of my a friend of mine who lived there gave me like this little kind of sandwich Tupperware of them. And I just assumed they were lychees. Um, okay. But I've had I've had lychee and it's different. So I think that was mangosteen. Huh. I cannot verify. But if it was, <laughs> whatever that was, it was delicious. It was juicy in a way I've never experienced 
in a fruit. It was like so, it was almost like you were drinking the most sweet, clear water while you were eating this. Wow. so juicy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never, I've definitely never had one. Certainly not fresh. I don't think I've had any preserved either. Um, and now I am so curious. And I don't think that that curiosity is going to be slaked anytime soon. So, yeah. Um, and we'll talk about why that is uh, in a minute. I do know that... Uh, Annoyingly, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, now I'm getting ads on the side of my computer that say that you can get mangosteen at Whole Foods. Um, oh, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So they are available in some places. They're just hard to find and expensive. And expensive, yes, absolutely. Uh, well, okay. So <laughs> we know we know what mangosteens aren't. Yes. <laughs> But, now. <laughs> but I suppose this brings us to our question. Yes. Mangosteen. What is it? Well, uh, mangosteen is, yeah, apparently delicious. Um, and the cause of much obsession and heartbreak because it is heckin' finicky. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a tropical fruit. It's about the size and shape of a small apple. Yes, unrelated to mangoes. The name comes from names for it in Southeast Asian places where it, it grows natively. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, so the skin of a mangosteen is smooth and thick and inedible, usually deep purple in color when they're ripe, although yellow and red varieties exist too. When they're fresh, they usually come with a with a like stem and protective leaf cap, um, sometimes called a crown. And if you cut one open, um, inside the the fruit comes in segments that look a little bit like um, like uh, uh, segments of a tangerine, like a peeled tangerine, but they're solid white in color and not enclosed in membranes. And the the taste is described as being sweet and delicate, like a little bit like strawberries and grapes and peach and lychee and pineapple all at the same time, but kind of in a mild way. Um, and yeah, apparently it just kind of like melts or or bursts in your mouth yeah Uh, so i mean if i'm thinking of the right thing it is so dang refreshing especially if it's (laughs) like hot outside Mm -hmm. oh gosh it was so good i've i've seen it compared to like a very ripe um like plum or or peach something a little bit like that um, yeah. in texture. But uh, yeah, um, these fruits are, are really interesting because they don't always grow seeds. Um, when they do, they may grow a single seed inside each segment, um, and you can remove those and roast them and eat them too. Apparently, they're good that way. But um, but those seeds are not true seeds in that they're not produced by pollination of the tree's flowers. Um by the way, I keep seeing the flowers of the mangosteen tree described as fleshy, and I'm not entirely sure what that means, but it doesn't sound nice. No. <laughs> no. That sounds like some Silent Hill stuff that I don't want to think about. Um, yeah, true. Anyway, uh, so a, a, a plant grown from a mangosteen seed will be pretty much a genetic copy of the parent tree unless some wackiness happens. Um, and and here's where the finicky part starts coming in. So once you take the seeds out of the fruit, they will wither and die within five days. 
unless you pack them like really carefully in like lightly damp, airtight containers of moss or or coconut fiber um, (laughs) and keep the temperature like a steady 55 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't remember what that is in Celsius, sorry. Um, uh, And even then, uh, even if you do this so carefully, they will only keep for three months. (laughs) Um, And the fruit themselves... (laughs) can only be kept for up to like four weeks. And that's if you keep them really carefully chilled. But apparently the fresher they are, the better because um, they're a fruit that does not continue ripening after harvest. They they only degrade. Uh, the fruits grow on these evergreen trees with these uh, big glossy green leaves. Um, botanical name, um, Garcinia mangostana. Um, and these trees, again, finicky, only grow in true tropical conditions. Like classically, within 10 to 20 degree, within like 10 to 20 degrees of the equator, in climates that do not have a dry season, but also don't rain too constantly because you don't want them to get waterlogged, the temperature can't dip below 40 degrees Fahrenheit, that's 4.4 Celsius, and it can't go above 100 Fahrenheit or 37.8 Celsius. And the soil has to be moist but well-drained at all times. <laughs> Their natural habitat is rainforests where they're shaded, so it helps to keep them shaded. They don't like being transplanted. They don't really like being grafted. Uh, They also grow super slow. It can take 10 to 20 years for a seedling to reach maturity and fruit. Uh, (laughs) Once they do grow, they're susceptible to a bunch of different pests. The mangosteen is notorious. um, And I think that's part of why we love it. See, it sounds like you're describing a friend of mine. And... (laughs) It is part of why I love her, but uh, Lord help, does she complain? <laughs> we kind of have an understanding that she can complain as much as she wants. Um, like, she'll literally, she'll say, I'm hot, so I'll turn on the AC up in the car. And I'm thinking of a very specific memory. Uh-huh. And then, like, a couple minutes pass. I'm a little cold now. Can you turn it Turn it back down? <laughs> I mean, it's, I... Oh. we have an understanding that she can complain as much as she wants and I can ignore her as much as she wants as much as I want in these instances um but yeah yeah it's it's very finicky uh she is very finicky like the mango (laughs) very particular (laughs) yeah yeah which you know there's nothing wrong with that no you know no I love her. She knows what she wants. I'll give her that. Um. Hey, yeah. And as we all as we all learned from when Harry met Sally, I guess, it's, yeah, it's just fine. <laughs> yes. When Harry met Sally, the reference I was not anticipating <laughs> in the Mango Steen episode. <laughs> um, but yes, the Mango Steen is eaten plain as a dessert. In dessert. I saw it in ice creams and sorbets a lot. Um, mm-hmm. In soups and curries. In drinks. Yeah, the, the juice is popular um, in baked goods. Uh, I, I read recipes for, um, for like, fish curry that's kind of finished with, uh, with mangosteen um, or uh, a beef and mangosteen soup kind of Thai style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be canned, uh, but apparently they lose some of that delicate flavor. Uh, jam or preserves are sometimes made um, just simply with, um, with brown sugar or cloves um, or the seeds included for a little bit of flavoring. But, y'all, seriously, people wax poetic about the flavor. They say that they burst into tears 
the first time they tried it. They say that it's it's better than an ice cream sundae, that, um, that it's better than pretty good sex, but not great sex. Oh, I like the differentiation there. <laughs> We've got to be clear. Yeah, yeah. When we're describing this. Uh, yeah, no, if you, if you enjoy uh, very— <laughs> I don't want to say over the top because it's not. Uh, if you enjoy food writing of people who are just so passionate and love something so much, I oh, yeah. recommend so much that you go and research the mango steam. It's it's great. It is mm-hmm. great. Uh, in in non food purposes, uh, the, the the rind can be used to uh, to create a black dye, and it will also totally stain your fingers and your clothes. Um, the rind also contains a lot of tannins, so it's sometimes used in leather making. Um, the twigs are sometimes chewed. The tree's wood is um, is sort of rare since they are see above refinicky, um, but um, but it's used in, in decorative but useful pieces: uh, cabinetry, rice pounders, spear handles, um, uh, decorative little dishware kind of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the nutrition? Uh, it's a fruit. Um, it's low in fat, has a good smattering of vitamins and minerals, a burst of sugar. I mean, you know, like don't eat nothing but mangosteen. <laughs> um, get some protein in there, maybe some fat. That would be good. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, uh, mangosteens are, are being investigated for all kinds of potential health properties. Um, Various parts have long been used in folk medicine. Um, The rind is, the rind can be dried and powdered or boiled and taken as tea. The leaves and bark are boiled and taken as tea. The root is boiled and taken as tea for for treatment of everything from dysentery to diarrhea, gonorrhea, menstrual regulation, and topically for uh, skin problems and wounds. But, uh, Recent research has been looking into compounds in mangosteen called um, xanthones um, that might have anti-cancer, antioxidant, antifungal, and or anti-inflammatory effects. Um, But, yep, more research is needed. Human bodies are complicated. Before taking any medicinal dose of anything, talk talk to a doctor about it. You know, see what they have to say. The saver slogan if you're playing bingo. <laughs> then you already have two because the free space is, what is it? Oh, uh, always. Yes. Yep. Again, thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Super fan Aaron for saying that. Oh. Um, so the numbers are kind of sparse when it comes to the mangosteen. Um, Thailand is the largest producer. And it is only grown in a few spots around the world, uh, commercially anyway. Um, uh, Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, southern India, the Caribbean, and um, certain parts of northeastern Australia. Yes. And mangosteen, as we've been alluding to, has long been hard to procure in the United States, to the point that it was pretty much unavailable here for several decades in 2006, an excited pastry chef named Sherry Yard described finally getting her hands on some as, quote, like seeing a unicorn. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> yes. And I love the way that this research played out because I think I, I didn't arrive at this fact until midway through um, that pretty much mangoes, because people were describing it in such flowery language. And it would, they'd say, like, the forbidden fruit, mango scene. But it actually was kind of prohibited here um, <laughs> because they can contain pests 
importers weren't allowed to bring them in. And they don't really grow well here. Um, there are some in Florida and some in California. There's been attempts, certainly, but uh, it's just not yeah. successful, really. Um, to the point that some even resorted to smuggling mangosteen in from Canada, where the the import of them is allowed because the pest can't survive up there. A little chillier. Um, they could be imported from a handful of other countries, um, but until recently, none of those countries had commercial market for mangosteen. So it's not like there was a outright ban. <laughs> or, but yeah. the places that produced them commercially, we really couldn't get them from, from there until fairly recently. Very recently, yeah. Um, and so when they did start becoming available, um, you know, they, they, they cost something like five bucks per fruit. Yeah. When you do get them. And I think they're only something like like a third actual fruit when you purchase one of these. Like it's it's not a whole bunch of fruit that you're getting in a single one. So Right. Um and and I should say, I should amend, uh, you could Puerto Rico, as I said, mm-hmm. you can get they can grow them. Um they they weren't growing them commercially until also very recently, but that is part of the United States. So Yep. Can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes called the queen of fruits, the mangosteen is, uh, and seen often seen as a companion to durian, the king of fruits. You'll see a lot of a lot of articles talking about the both of them together. Uh, yeah, partially because in ancient Chinese medicine, mangosteens are considered a cooling fruit, um, whereas durian are considered heating. So it, it's thought to be a good like pairing. Yes, Desmond Tate wrote in his 2001 work Tropical Fruit. By popular claim, the mangosteen is held to be the most delectable of all tropical fruits and has been proclaimed their queen. There is no doubt about the luxury of its taste. It has won unstinted praise down the ages from all who have encountered it. This is a mere sampling. Oh, yes. <laughs> of what you'll find. Oh, yes. About the mangosteen. One of my other favorite quotes is coming up later in the history section, um, which we're going to get into. Uh, But first, we're going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. 
Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, food historians still aren't exactly sure where the mango scene comes from. But they believe they most likely originated somewhere in the Malay archipelago and that they were first domesticated in what's now Thailand and or Myanmar. Most of our early knowledge of the mango scene comes from European botanists. So, therefore... A lot is missing. And I actually Uh found at least two articles talking about that lack of information about the mangosteen and what that says about how history is and has been recorded. Um, But anyway, Swedish botanist Carl Linnaeus mentioned them in 1753 CE. And this is the first known mention of this type, this sort of like European botanist type, and gave the fruit its scientific name. But that's pretty telling that Usually we've got at least something in the the BCE time or... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The first mangosteen tree was planted on Sri Lanka somewhere around 1800 and in India in 1881. People attempted to grow in Australia in 1854, but the results were mostly unsuccessful. Kept trying, though. And as you said, Mm -hmm. there are some there in northern Australia now. Um... Some grew and were producing fruit in England by 1855, including the Royal Botanic Garden. And throwback to our seed bank episode. Oh, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. This garden introduced the mangosteen to Thailand sometime between 1850 and 1860, and these trees were fruiting by 1875. Now, according to the legend, Queen Victoria offered an automatic knighthood and or monetary reward, depending where you read it, uh, to anyone that could bring her a mangosteen in good condition, a task none ever succeeded in because, mm-hmm. yeah, most spoiled before arriving. I think this originated, this story originated with, we're going to mention him later, later, David Fairchild in 1930. Yeah, much um, later. Uh, yeah, so... It seems pretty apocryphal, but for something that's probably apocryphal, I think it was mentioned in 95% of the things that I read about Mangosteen. Yeah. And it is a fun story. In, like, (laughs) the second paragraph specifically. Like, I was getting real bored (laughs) with second paragraph mentions of cameo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it really did not transport well, whatever the case on the veracity of that story. Uh, in the 1880s, an American geographer wrote about this, um, saying that, quote, not even with the aid of modern ships' refrigerating machines and when coated with wax, as in less than a week after leaving the trees, the pulp melts away to a brown mass. Oh, Yeah, so, finicky, again. 
Yeah, okay. yeah. And even transporting the seedlings was very, very difficult and required ships outfitted with all kinds of kind of outrageously expensive stuff. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the U.S. got seeds from Mangosteen in 1906. And then the Canal Zone Experiment Gardens handed out 15,000 seeds for testing growth in various tropical areas in the Americas in 1939. But most of those didn't survive. Um, and again, like, a lot of what I found for the mango scene were sort of dry, almost import documents. Um, huh. mm-hmm. Just not that much information on it other than it's hard to get. People love it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, David Fairchild, um, who was this plant lover, wrote in 1930, It is so delicate that it melts in the mouth like ice cream. The flavor is quite indescribably delicious. There is nothing to mar the perfection of this fruit, unless it be that the juice from the rind forms an indelible stain on a white napkin. <laughs> Even the seeds are partly or wholly lacking, and when present, are very thin and small. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. I do. I've got the craving. Uh, I, think, I think that's in the bingo, too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it only makes sense. Close. It only makes sense. <laughs> it's true. Um, by 1965, Thailand had 9,700 acres of cultivated mango scene. In 1994, commercial farms started cropping up in the Caribbean and Central America, providing a legal supply of mango steens for import into the United States. A legal supply. <laughs> in 2002, the U.S. officially allowed for the sale of fruits and vegetables radiated against fruit flies after risk assessments on all the types of fruits and producers were completed. And at the time, there was so much excitement among mangosteen lovers, but there mm-hmm. was also doubt of how long before they get to the mangosteen. But it was approved in 2007. So a year. However, despite being deemed as safe by the World Health Organization and the American Medical Association, irradiation, as I'm sure you'd probably guess, is controversial. Um, And many people opposed the ruling, many people and organizations. Some stores refused to stock irradiated products at, at all. Yeah, and that's a whole other episode. Not gonna yes. not gonna get into it right now. Um yes. in in general, I would say that. People are more nervous about radiation as a blanket term than they perhaps mm-hmm. should be because, I mean, you know, everything within the electromagnetic spectrum is radiation. It's not necessarily harmful. Yeah. And even when it is harmful, it's not necessarily harmful in a way that is uh, like, like appreciative, uh, applicable. Significant. Mm-hmm. Significant. There you go. Significant. Sure. I was not expecting, you threw me. I wasn't expecting electromagnetic spectrum <laughs> uh, in this episode either. Um, you know, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to bring references to When Harry Met Sally and the electromagnetic <laughs> spectrum. Those you are-, are a varied and fascinating individual, Lauren Vogelbaum. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you are too, Annie Reese. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and also, like, this is another member of our fruit X-Men team, because now we've got a radiated mangosteen, and it just writes itself. <laughs> oh, it does. Oh, so, heck. Just, All right. I've, I'm putting that in the old brain space. And uh, I think Perfect. we could have a comic book, Lauren. I think we could. All right. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> you might regret agreeing to that later. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's a very, I'm not sure if agree to that oh, is what I, I just, agree. oh, geez. <laughs> I've heard yes, and I'm already planning. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. All right. Look out for that, listeners. In the meantime, yes, mangosteen. Um, domestic grower Ian Crown started selling his mangosteen around 2006. And this was a project he had been working on for over a decade. And yeah, he is still at it and has seen some success. Yeah. Um. He was even quoted as saying, mine are the only non-irradiated mango scenes you'll find in the lower 48. I always think that's a great pickup line. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I cannot argue with his logic. Not at all. Nope. Nope. If, if I could make that claim, I would to anybody who even like <laughs> stopped to stare at me for two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Mine are the only non-irradiated <laughs> mango stains in the lower 48. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess we didn't mention that. There are some in Hawaii. Uh, right. There's not many, but uh, there are some growing in Hawaii. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I guess that's about what we have to say about the mango stain. It is. Um, would definitely love to hear from listeners in areas where you have more access or just anybody who mm-hmm. uh, has experiences with mangosteen because, yeah, if you want to wax poetic, we want to hear it. Yes. Our ears are all the way open for all of that all the time. Oh, always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking of, we do have some listener mail. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching! Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. Love. (laughs) (laughs) So I did not encounter anybody who did not say they love the mango steam. I'm sure they exist, but I did not encounter that in my research. (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. Jade wrote... I am born and raised Amontonian, and green onion cakes are indeed a treasured culinary staple here. Happy Garden was one of my favorite restaurants in the city, and their green onion cakes were bomb. But sadly, the landlord sold the building to a new owner, and they raised the rent or something, and Suto and his restaurant got the boot. The unit has been vacant for years, and it makes me sad every time I pass it. He has another restaurant now called Green Onion Cake Man, but it's on the other end of the city, so I don't go often. Sad. Normally, I would get my green onion cakes at one of our many summer festivals. One of our nicknames is Festival City, but this year they're all canceled because of COVID. Maybe a trip to the north side is warranted. Hmm. Another Edmonton classic is Donair Pizza. It's inspired by Halifax Donairs, and my favorite place to get it is a small halal pizza joint in the strip mall by my house by the name of Pizza Unlimited and Fried Chicken. (laughs) That is an excellent name, side note. Um, Last year, my dad was interviewed by a local magazine, as were other local businesses, arts, community leaders, about his favorite dish at a local restaurant. He picked the Donair Pizza from Pizza Unlimited. His photo ended up being selected for the cover of the magazine. It was so funny to see his face at stores and restaurants all over the city. We recently had it professionally framed for Father's Day. My last story is that I started my own wild yeast starter during our near quarantine, and I named it Dennis Feinstein. (laughs) I have been enjoying a freshly baked old country loaf a la Tartine Bread Book a few times a week. I recently tried mixing in poppy seeds, and the results were delicious. It reminded me of a poppy seed bread my grandparents used to make that us grandkids called bug bread. Sadly, (laughs) we couldn't find the recipe after they passed, so I can't recreate it exactly. Anyway, sorry for the super long email. I tried to cover most of the topics I wanted to write in about over the last year. Thank you for all your work. Um, thank you for all the work you put into the podcast. I love listening to it while I work in the house or yard. Aww. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Oh, an excellent collection of stories. Yes, yes, yes. I don't think... Oh, don't air pizza. I, I'm... I got to try that one day. That's on the oh, list. Oh, yeah. Abs- oh, absolutely. This is only only cementing the fact that we really need a field trip to Canada when field trip possibility opens up again. Yes, yes. Uh, I think we made a short list of, because uh, we were kind of bandying that idea around of going to Canada. I know we have been on this show for a long time, because every time somebody writes in from Canada, we're like, well, we've got to go try that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But we had a list of foods we wanted to try from Canada. There are at least 12 items on there, if I'm remembering correctly. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Swati wrote, 
I just finished listening to your Chef Boyardee episode, and it had me reminiscing real hard. When my family and I moved here almost 20 years ago from India, we had no idea what living in the U.S. would bring for us. The four of us lived in a one-bedroom apartment and ate as best as we could on our meager budget. One meal that I essentially grew up eating was Chef Boyardee's beef ravioli because it was really cheap. Now, my mom never dumped it in a bowl and microwaved it. She did something different. This might not sound wild or even revolutionary, but she used to fry store-bought Italian seasoning with some olive oil in a pan, and when that seasoning got all toasty and scented our tiny apartment, she would open the can and lovingly pour that delicious, creamy, tomatoey, beefy sauce with those pale, pillowy, pillows puffs of ravioli. That sizzle and pop that the oil made when the tomato sauce hit the pan was music to my ears. It meant that we were getting beef ravioli. As an Indian, back then it was kind of a really big deal because Indians don't usually eat beef for cultural and religious reasons. However, she didn't stop there. She shook a couple drops of Tabasco, mixed that all in, added heaps and heaps of shredded cheddar cheese, and let that get all melty before serving it to us. Now, years and years later, I'm in a much better financial situation and can afford higher quality food, but it still remains one of my comfort foods. But honestly, it's not the taste of the food that keeps me coming back. It's the action and emotion attached to eating that food prepared that specific way. It never fails to remind me where my family and I started and how far we've come. Thank you for bringing that memory back, even if it was just for a little bit. Well, thank you for oh. sharing because that sounds so good. Hey, hey, yes, that sounds completely delicious. Oh my goodness. Uh, and and B, oh, what a lovely memory. Oh, yeah. I love I love food memories. If y'all couldn't tell, yeah, <laughs> about <me>. yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Is that everybody has those. Mm-hmm. those memories and and a lot of you listeners write in and, and we're lucky enough that you write in and share them with us and they're yeah. beautiful and touching so oh they are and and this is something this is something that I actually think about a lot in terms of our interviews because one of my go-to interview questions is always um uh what people ate when they were growing up mm-hmm. and I, I'm afraid I'm like not asking it correctly or something because I feel like a lot of people feel embarrassed or almost like defensive about mm-hmm. what they were eating because a lot of people did grow up poor and eating, you know, whatever was was kind of available to their parents and and in whatever time was available to them for for cooking. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, like it doesn't have to be anything fancy. And yeah. you know, so frequently it really wasn't. Um but still so mm-hmm. delicious and just such a good, such a good warming memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in and and sharing with us. And uh, we would love to hear stories from you, you listeners, you lovely listeners. If you want to wax poetic about any food, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we want to hear it. You can email us at hello at saverpod.com. Or get in touch with us via social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. 
salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.